The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Thanks. This is the last week where, uh, where Gabe will be gone. He's still on uh, paternity leave recovering from having a baby. Uh, his wife. They're doing great. Uh, Lila's doing awesome. She's, she's big. She's, she's looking cool. So, um, so we've got, we're going to continue on the story, though, today. Um, and I'm going to connect it to serving, although it's the most random story and I had to do a lot of work to try to connect us to serving, but I think it'll work. I think so. Be with me. It'll also be shorter, so, so hang in there because I know we've got a lot of kids in there. I'll dress the kids. Um, but we're going to talk about David today. Um, let me just ask the kids, what do you guys know about David? Just raise your hand real big if you know something about David. A story about David, maybe? Oh, we got one back here. No? Okay. David sinned. Okay, yes, with Bathsheba. We're actually going to talk about that a little bit today. Hand way in the back. What do we know about David? Yeah, he killed Goliath. Very good. Yeah. When he was a young boy, he was chosen to, to kill Goliath. He stood up and was brave, right? What else? Here's a story that they don't really teach you in Sunday school. is when he was in the presence of God and the, the Ark of the Covenant came out. He danced in his underwear. I think it's a new church tradition we should try, you know, right? No, okay, maybe not. <laughs> um, but David is, a, is seen as a great guy in certain circumstances and seen as a fallen sinner in circumstances. And I, I, I love him. I think he's probably one of my favorite characters in the Bible because he's so complex and he's, he's messed up just like me and we all are, right? And so we're going to look at that today. Um, we're going to look at David, but... Um, we're going to talk about his sin and, more specifically, his confession of his sin. All right, let's talk about sin real quick. Sin's kind of a churchy word. We don't use that in culture a lot. But sin actually has uh, its roots in a sport. Anybody have a guess? Is it up there on the screen? No? Okay. Any guesses where the word sin comes? What sport? Don't show it yet. I, th- I heard it. Archery. Yeah, archery. Anytime you miss the bullseye, it's called a sin. Right? So anytime you don't get perfect, it's a sin. Just like in, in the kingdom of God, right? Anytime we miss the mark, the standard of God, it's a sin. And so um, it's one of those churchy words. Sometimes we use the words messed up or screwed up or whatever in our modern day context. But in the Bible times, they use words like transgressions or iniquity. And these are kind of words that just really mean um, uh, sin. And so we're going to look at that today um, in Psalm 51. And Psalm 51 is a confession of David because what happened is he was an adulterer. He was also a murderer, and he was caught. And how he was caught was his friend Nathan went up to him one day and said, David, uh, you're not doing so great. And he told him this parable of sheep, and David got enraged and said, no, that can't be. And Nathan says, you are just like that. You are that man. You have sinned. And David felt so much sorrow, so much repentance that he, he wrote this song. And the book of Psalms is really just a hymn book, a song book of the Bible. And so Psalm 51 is this, this psalm where David confesses to God. And so we're going to talk about what confession really is today. But I'm going to read the first couple of verses to you. It'll be up on the screen, I think. Uh, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, again, sins. Wash away all my iniquity or sins, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before you. 
before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. David was always a sinner, right? Just as we are always sinners, even from the time we were born, we were sinful people, which kind of gives me comfort because it says then that we're all on equal ground when we come out of the womb, right? We're all broken people. We're all in need of a Savior when we, when we um, are born into this world. And so we all need Jesus equally, right? And so uh, I love this term, though. Martin Luther said this, that all of life is repentance. All of life is repentance, meaning that it's not about uh, just coming to church and confessing your sins once a week or, or whatever, but all of life is repentance because all of life we need Jesus. We need to, to realize that we're, we're broken, sinful people, right? Now I want to break this down real quick into two different types of repentance, all right? Gabe usually has three points. I only got two, all right? Uh, so the first one is religious repentance. And religious repentance goes like this. We repent so that we keep God happy, so that he'll continue to bless us, right? And it, it's usually self-centered, um, and it's, it's usually uh, self-affirming in that way and self-righteous. Now, for you kids, does, do your parents ever ask your, you to clean your room? Yes? Do you always willingly say, yes, mother and father, I can't wait to clean my room. Thanks for asking. Right? Is that how it goes all the time? I'm guessing probably not, at least not in my household. Uh, <laughs> it's like this too, that oftentimes kids will clean the room because there are a couple reasons. Avoiding punishment, because they know they'll get a reward for it, because it'll get their parents off their back of nagging them, right? And I think sometimes we, we confess this way, right? We say, all right, if I confess, it'll get God off my back. If I confess, he'll give me some reward for it. Or if I confess... I won't be uh, punished in some way, right? And this is this, it's all about us. It's very selfish-centered, and it's not on God or not on what he feels or, or who he is, right? Um, practical story. So how many of you guys love uh, cycling, right? I know we got one back there, cycles. Uh, Lance Armstrong, here's just an example. Now, I'm going to bring him up, but we all have done this at times, so I'm not picking on him, I'm not judging him, but I'm just using him as an example. But in 2012, in June... He was uh, indicted on, on doping charges, meaning he illegally took uh, performance-enhancing kind of stuff and, and uh, cheated in the sport. It wasn't until August, two months later, that he, um, he admitted it, right? So it took two months to apologize. And then it wasn't until six months later that he offered some kind of public apology on the Oprah show, and this is what he said. I didn't invent the culture, but I also didn't try to stop the culture. And in no way did he ever take responsibility or really uh, put the blame on himself. He just said, this is the culture we were in. I didn't do anything about it. I just kind of went with it um, and never really said, no, I messed up. I was wrong. And oftentimes you'll hear athletes or you'll hear famous uh, people that, that get caught in something and they will uh, give their apology and it'll just kind of seem kind of surface level or they'll do it so that people will get off their back and... and it's really self-serving rather than really truly repentful or, or sorrowful, right? Now, I'm picking on these famous people, but I think all of us in our lives, if our lives were scrutinized as much as theirs are, we'd be guilty of much of the same thing, right? So that's an example of religious repentance. The second 
type of repentance is called gospel repentance. And gospel repentance comes from true sorrow, true humility, and a desire to restore a relationship, right? It's, it's really saying, I messed up, and uh, God, let's make this right, and, uh, or let's make this right with another person, and, and forgive me. Um, and whether or not that forgiveness comes, there's still that, that sorrow knowing, no, I need to make things right on my side because it's not about me, but it's about making things right about the, with the other person in that way. Um, and this is the picture of David right here. And so I'm going to continue reading here, uh, verse 6. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. The cool thing about repentance is that, that God desires our repentance and that he, he forgives our sin when we repent in that way. And he makes us as white as snow. I don't know if you've ever been in snow that's like freshly, uh, we don't get a lot of it here in Texas, but if you've been other places outside of Texas, that fresh snow is this blanket of pureness and, and whiteness, and it's, it's beautiful, right? And there's no, there's no um, uh, all right, here's another example. I don't know if you've ever had a white shirt that you put in the laundry with another color shirt, and it kind of turns a different color, maybe pink or maybe gray in some way. Uh, but it's been tainted in some way. And, and so in order to make that white as snow, it's got to be bleached out. It's got to be uh, all the impurities taken away to return it to its original state. And that's what he's asking here is that, that he can be restored and made it as white as snow. And when that happens, because Jesus is faithful, when we do that, there's no more blame. There's no more doubts about being forgiven. There's no more shame and that's a beautiful picture, all right? I want to end here on this last little part here. And it says this, verse uh, 8. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Renewing, it's a, it's a daily thing, remember? Repentance is an ongoing process. Um, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Part of the repentance process then is, is helping other people to deal with that in a loving, caring way, right? Much of what Nathan did for David. Um, Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. And then here comes the last part that I want to focus on and end on. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. And so I think oftentimes when we mess up, we think that we have to do something. We have to, we have to earn our way back into God's favor, right? Sometimes we have to uh, be a better Christian, go to more church, go to more activities or events, pray more. And, and I think those are all great things, but earning God's favor, as it says, the sacrifices are a broken and contrite heart. It's not about doing the things. It's about just being a broken person and realizing um, who we are in front of the Almighty God, right? So I want to leave you with three things, and I'm going to relate confession and repentance 
to service today because we have an awesome opportunity to go serve people um, as broken people to broken people in a broken world, but as changed people, we can help change our world um, through the grace of God in that way. So here's number one. We don't repent or serve to get anything in return, right? We don't repent or serve to get anything in return. I think sometimes we think, all right, if I repent, God will be happy with me, right? But that's not always the, like, that's not the motivation we should have, right? We repent just because we need to, right? We serve because we're called to serve, right? Jesus has first served us, so therefore we go and serve one another. We don't expect anything in return. That's number one. Number two, we don't serve or repent to gain more of God's favor, right? We don't serve so that more people will like us or look at us or look what good things we're doing. Also, we don't repent or confess to God so that he will like us more or accept us more. He already accepts us for who we are, right? And the third one I want you to remember is this. We don't serve or repent to feel good. And in our society, this is a tough one because we live in a feel-good society where, where we want to be made happy. And so uh, I think sometimes we, we say, all right, I'm just going to confess and it'll make me feel good. Now, I, I, let me tell you, confession is a natural or happiness is a natural byproduct of, of that. But that's not the reason we should confess. We confess because we've broken God's heart and we need to, to restore that relationship in that way. Um, and, and we're broken people in front of um, the God of the universe in that way. The same way we don't serve to make ourselves happy or feel good. Now, that's a natural byproduct of it, right? It does feel good to serve and to help other people, but if that's our motivation, then we're missing out on, on why God has called us to serve other people, right? Because it becomes selfish and self-centered rather than other-centered and God-centered. And the glory then will go to us rather than to God. So I want to leave you this. May you go today with a renewed and joyful heart, knowing that God is faithful and when you confess to him and forgive, he will forgive you all of your sins. We know that promise. It comes from 1 John chapter 1. It says, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Know that you have been cleansed from all unrighteousness. You are made as white as snow through the blood of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray today as we... Um, go to serve one another, that, that you give us servant hearts, Lord. I pray that we would serve the other people, that we would realize our own brokenness in our lives, that we would not feel superiority, but we would just feel as broken people that have been redeemed and that we are there to serve um, the people around us too. I also pray that, that we would confess regularly, that we would come before you as broken people with contrite hearts, Lord, and that you would hear that, that cry for mercy and that you would forgive in that moment. And so now in this time, uh, we take a moment of silence just to come to you and confess. Jesus, I thank you that you died upon a cross 2,000 years ago to forgive us of all our sins, iniquities, transgressions, mess-ups, screw-ups, and that you make us white as snow, Lord. 
I pray that, that you would help us to live lives of repentance every day that we, we just stand before you in awe of what you've done and who you are and that your forgiveness invades our lives and we live as forgiven people. May we go serve knowing that you love and that you are full of hope and joy. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said in agreement, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.